Hey GBC, this is Jordan again. You are about to hear part two of the evangelism conversation that Mike and Josh started last week. So this one's just going to pick up right in the middle of where they left off. Feel free to go back and listen to part one again if you need a refresher. In this episode, they talk about the different cultures that we need to be aware of and understand when we're going to be uh, trying to evangelize to people, as well as different ideas and methods of how to approach it and just the burden that is placed on us for evangelism. Hope you guys enjoy this conversation. Yeah, so how about, you know, we're talking about evangelism. Uh, There's different categories or methods or things just people maybe have like presuppositionally when they hear the word evangelism. How would you help us think about evangelism in a helpful, practical way? Like, what does that look like in your life? How would you help us think about that more clearly? Yeah, I think um, I was sharing this earlier, but um, I think most of us, when we have concern around evangelism, uh, guilt around it, I think one of the excuses that comes to our mind the most is, well, I, I don't know what to say. Mm. I don't know how to do it. Um, how do you how do you bring a conversation to even share the gospel? And so basically what I'm saying is in evangelism, we think so much about talking. And we're not minimizing that. We just said evangelism is sharing with words, right? Yeah. So, but we are so, we so emphasize talking. That's primarily what we're concerned about. And because of that, we create these reasons why we won't do it. Um, but I've, I've learned over the last 10 years that people who I see are great evangelists, if I can call them that, they wouldn't call themselves that, um, are honestly people who just really are really good listeners. Hmm. Um, and so I think the best evangelism, especially in our context, um, first comes through the pathway of listening mm-hmm. to people. Because if I listen, to, I've heard someone once say maybe um, something around the idea that like listening is a form of hospitality. It's like one of the greatest forms of hospitality. It's, it's giving somebody my ear, right? And, um, and so I, I think if I'm listening to people and where they're coming from and what they're actually believing and thinking about their world, it's going to help me in that listening even know um, like where is this person coming from and where are they putting their hope? What do they see as their problems and stuff like that? So yeah. there's, I, I think there's a couple different ways. Um, we've talked about this, but at least you and I have, but there's like a big culture-wide understanding that we need to have, mm-hmm. right? Um, uh, there's different types of cultures. There's guilt cultures, there's shame cultures, and there's um, fear cultures. Fear is pretty uncommon. It's like Middle Eastern is probably where our minds go. It's literally um, people who think I, um, uh, they think uh, the, to themselves, will somebody hurt me if I do blank? Okay. So behaviors function in that society through physical dominance, right? So they behave a certain way because of it. Um, in uh, American probably cultures, we've been a guilt culture society, right? We're asking the question constantly, am I in the right? Am I in the wrong? Um, it's, it's, am I being fair? Am I being unfair? Hmm. And so we have a high view of that um, uh, expectation of punishment and um, law um, in our minds and in our hearts. So it's a guilt culture. But a lot of cultures are, they're shame cultures, right? Mm-hmm. Their greatest fear is um, uh, being, how will I be seen and viewed by these people? Or um, will I be ostracized? And so, honestly, I think understanding 
what culture we're living in actually helps us begin to listen to people. Yeah. Um, sorry, I'll, I'll say it, but like we were talking earlier and I mentioned how I had a really bad evangelism fail when I went to Peru once. I was in like the Andes Mountains in these villages and I had the opportunity to share the gospel with this group of people. And I prepared this, what I thought was a great gospel presentation. And I did this classic thing that I think we still do, but it used to be more common where I said, um, I got to the point where I said, you know, do you ever just like, you know, you seek out pleasure in all these ways, but you still have that emptiness inside. There's like a vacuum there. You know, in, in America, everyone's like, oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. I've had that vacuum. And I said that, and everyone literally looked at me, and if you could see me, they're shaking their heads. They're like, no, <laughs> never had that. The whole room. And I was like, well, that, that stings because that was my yeah. whole point. Like, I don't even yeah. know what to say to you now. And I just miserably failed um, sharing the gospel with these people, but that's because I didn't even begin to listen to them. I don't understand anything about their culture that much. And as I was leaving Peru, I debriefed with one of their missionaries, and he goes, um, we were talking about how difficult it was to share, and we didn't see much response. And he goes, well, share the gospel with me. Like, how would you, what would you talk about? Mm-hmm. And we would do it. And he's like, oh, that's the problem. Is like you, you're sharing it as if this is a guilt culture, but this is a shame culture. Wow. Um, and it at least made me go, I need to, like, listen better. I need to, like, what does that even mean? You know, like, how would I share the gospel differently? Not that the gospel would change, but, like, how would I emphasize it in a way that, Mm-hmm. really speaks to people's hearts. So um, so listening, I think, is, is key. So I find that so helpful. So you're talking about listening to the culture. So listening to the backdrop of maybe why people think the way they do, why they value certain things, why something's seen as good or attractive or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Um, how about listening to people? So I'm thinking that's kind of a broad category, right? Yeah. We can help each other as a church grow in that then how about listening to people individually? How has that played out in evangelism in your life, Josh, and your experience as a pastor, like kind of connect those dots for us. So evangelism means listening culture, then listening to people. What what does that look like, right? Yeah, I mean, we're all storytellers or we're all believing a certain story about Mm -hmm. our lives and the world and how we fit into that. Um, and that makes sense because um, we're all made by God, and He. That's when we're sharing the gospel, we're in part sharing a message about how what God has done in the world to redeem it and uh, to make all things new. And so um, we've talked about this on a different um, episode, I think, or I've talked about it at GBC. I feel like quite often, but um, you know, the the biblical storyline is that there is a creation, um, there is a fall, there is a redemption. And there's going to be a new creation, right? Yeah. A consummation, the big wedding, you know, is what Revelation talks about. And um, if you think about it, every storyline follows that, every plot line in any book. And um, and every single person buys into, believes some aspect of every situation in that way, in that category. So um, creation, we all, every single person that I'm ever talking with and interacting with, they have some formed idea of their identity who they are, who they want to be. Hmm. Um, and then there's a fall that we're always believing. I, we would just say it's it's what I perceive as my problem, right? So in the biblical narrative, it's sin. That's the problem. Yeah. Um, in someone else's life, it could be something else. Um, redemption, uh, we, we know our redemption is through Christ, um, but every single person has some form of idea about what they think their solution to their problem is. And then 
new creation, right? We know that this is our great hope, mm. right? This new creation. And so every single person has some idea of what their hope is. So they have a, form, a sense of identity, a sense of what their problem is, a sense of what their solution might be, and a, sl- a sense of what their hope might be. So all I'm saying is if I just listen to people yeah. that I'm, in, I'm working with, you know, Hopefully I can evangelize you guys someday. But, you know, um, just if I'm listening to somebody in my workplace, in my family, friend group, whatever it is, we're always talking about these things. Mm-hmm. Like every time we get mad, we're, we're pointing out this is a problem. And we're also, if we're listening well, we're talking about what we think the solution is and what we think the hope is. Yeah. And we're also, behind all that, we have this sense of identity like this is who I'm trying to be or who I think I am. Yeah. And this is getting in the way of that. Um, so, so that's just like a super, in a way, a high level view. We could get more into like examples, maybe what that even looks like. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I don't know. What do you, what do you think about this idea? Yeah. I'm just trying to think of people that are expressing a desire. Hey, I want to grow in sharing about Jesus more with my classmates, right? With my neighbors, with my friends. So if, if you don't mind, um, you know, we're having this conversation more kind of, you know, generally speaking, but what are some questions that you've asked when you're starting to really get to know someone, you're being a good listener, uh, cause you want them to come to know Jesus. It's not a project, but you're listening, you're asking questions. Maybe what are some, just give us a few quick examples. What are some questions you would ask of someone, right? Someone sharing their story with you. What are some questions that you found helpful to kind of bring up some of those things in terms of identity problem, things of that nature. Yeah. I'd say on the listening side of what I just, we just were talking about, um, that really comes out most naturally as I get to know people. Okay. Um, and so a lot of times, you know, it could be if I'm like, I don't really know how much time I have with this person. I could hear them talk about their problems and, um, and try to explain maybe the gospel at an intersection that they're, um, speaking to in that moment. But, um, I'd say like on a deep level, you know, let's say I'm friends with a guy who's not a Christian and he's talking to me about how he's really struggling in his marriage mm-hmm. and, you know, he did something or his wife did something and he's just like, yeah, really frustrated about it, struggling to forgive, struggling to even love her in a sacrificial way. Right. Um, I could, as a husband myself, if I'm just going to be a genuine person and if I'm a person who's seeking to believe the gospel, mm-hmm. I could say to him, Oh man. Yeah, no, I've, I've totally been there and yeah, that's really hard. And I can just listen and resonate. And then I can go, Hey, um, uh, you know, I know we don't believe the same thing, but I'm just being honest with you. Like, um, when I'm in seasons where I struggle with that, cause I've been your marriage be anything. Right. But, um, when I'm struggling to really forgive, someone else or, um, I don't want to love, I want to be served. Right. Yeah. Um, what really helps me is like my whole life is based on this reality Mm -hmm. that I've been loved in a sacrificial way. I've been forgiven. Right. Um, I've been served when I didn't deserve to be served or whatever. Right. And so, and I go, and honestly, when I think about that, that Christ served me and he died for me and he's loved me. I go, it's really strange. Um, but it really helps me like love and forgive and serve. Yeah. And so I don't know where I would be 
in my in my relationship with this person or in my marriage or whatever if it weren't for the message of the gospel and so i can even acknowledge like i know that sounds weird to you like i know we don't believe the same thing but i'm just being honest with you and and i've learned that to me that helps when i go i'm just being honest with you Mm because again that's what our culture says is their highest virtue being Mm -hmm. honest being your you know they would say your your true self right and and i go I would never, I don't say this, but I'd be like, if I'm just being my true self, you know, like, <laughs> but I mean, that's the idea, right? It's just, if I'm believing the gospel and I have a community around me that's helping me believe the gospel, um, then I can just listen to people go, yeah, I've been there. Yeah. Like, I mean, I wonder how many people this year have gone through like something really hard. Mm-hmm. They've lost someone they've loved. They've lost a job, something, Yeah. something's been hard. And they're talking to someone they care about and know, and that person's just really frustrated. You know, maybe they're, they perceive the problem is that um, certain groups of people are not doing certain things that they think they should be doing so that we can get behind, put the pandemic behind us or something. Mm-hmm. And, and so they think there's, this is the solution to our problems right now, and the hope is that we would all get back to the normal way of life. Or You know, you're like hearing them just rant yeah. and be upset. Um, or someone's talking about this great loss they've had this year and how devastating it is. You can sit there and go, yeah, I totally understand that. Like I've, I've lived there and I don't know what I would have, just being honest with you, I don't, I don't know what, how I would have gone through this last year if it weren't for Christ. Because mm, even though I think this is a problem that I wish would be fixed, um, I know that my greatest problem is, is my sin. It's, it's, um, it's the fact that I was made to be with God or whatever. And I, he's saved me. And I have this great hope now that there's going to come a world one day where I'll be with him and there'll be no more sickness. There'll be no more death. Um, I I don't know if this makes sense, but it's just that idea. It's, it's, I have to apply the gospel to my life Mm -hmm. and go, Jesus has carried me through. And that's probably weird to you, but it's true. And then they're all of a sudden going, well, I don't have that. Yeah. All my hope is in, um, you know, my, my kids being able to go back to do sports yeah. or whatever it is. Right? I love that because you're living out of the reality of the gospel in your life, not just kind of a category you believe in hypothetically, but no. it informs everything you are. And then you're just wanting to share that in a way that's honest, mm-hmm. that's humble, that's winsome. Um, this just brings to mind for me, we didn't talk about this ahead of time. I don't know how current, if this still is and all the exact context of it, but, uh, crew, you speak campus crusade for Christ, a big study. And they found on average, it takes someone 7.7 times to hear the gospel before they believe. So maybe when you have that conversation, when you're listening and you're sharing your hope, maybe that's a 7.7. I don't know how that works times or the first Mm -hmm. time, (laughs) but like just to live out of how sweet who Jesus is for you, mm-hmm. and then you, how can you not share that with people? Yeah. Like for me, that disarms some of the things we all bring to evangelism. How can we not live that kind of life? And that's not just aspirational. Like that's for some people. Like that's the floor of being a Christian. Yeah, yeah, and, totally. Uh, anyway, I, I love this topic. I appreciate your heart for yeah. it. I feel like it's an opportunity for us as a church to grow in, if I'm being really honest, in terms of mission and evangelism. Like, God has us in this time and place for a reason. So it's a great time to be Gresham Bible Church to share the gospel. Well, and I think even just to point out the obvious maybe, but uh, I know that what I'm suggesting 
this is not a complete way to share the gospel. I'm not saying this is the yeah, only yeah. way to share. No. I'm just saying if you want to do it in a natural way, mm-hmm. it seems weird at first, but you're kind of being a bit self-deprecating when you do it because mm-hmm. you're kind of pointing out your struggles and flaws, and you're kind of just sharing with them in a passive – you're sharing the gospel in a passive way because you're, you're kind of letting them in on how you're sharing it to yourself. Yeah. So I find that's the easiest way for me to do it. But there does need to come a time where you are actually explaining – the real God, the full gospel, mm-hmm. you know, there's a God, he's made everything, he's made you. Totally, yes. You know, and, you know, we walked through that. Um, we need to do that, and, and we also need to invite people into that. Like, at mm-hmm. some level, go, I'm just curious, you know, you have to make that big plunge and go, yeah. who am I going to honor? And you go, um, I'm just curious, like, do you, do you believe what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, um, you can believe this, too. Yeah. You know, you don't have to be a weirdo about it just but you gotta <laughs> you gotta be honest like you know what i mean like in, in some way however you want to say it yeah. um in a way that's maybe more natural to you just you want to invite people to it not just be like i got my thing and good luck you know but yeah hey, christ is he's available he's he has open arms towards you yeah i think that just brings up naturally and um necessarily like Let's talk for a minute about the local church in this, right? So we've been talking about maybe you have that conversation with your friend who doesn't know Jesus yet. You're being honest, authentic, sharing about it. What does that mean? Where's a local church come into this? And oh, man, that's yeah. a leading question a little bit for where we're going, but How just time you got, help Mike? us. Yeah, let's go now. Yeah, yeah, this is a long podcast. <clears throat> uh, so local church, Gresham Bible Church, what does evangelism mean when we think about the church, so it doesn't just become like another life skill I have or just an individual thing that Christian lives out mm-hmm. of. How do we do it in community? Yeah. Maybe a good way of explaining this would be maybe telling a bit of a story. So yeah, that'd be awesome. there's a, um, a good friend of ours who lives in Corvallis now, um, and uh, she's amazing. Her name's Mackenzie. Um, but she, we met her when she was a college student. She was not a Christian. Mm-hmm. And, but there were Christians she met who were all in the same friend group. And they just literally invited her into their lives. And so it wasn't like one person in particular is like, all right, Mackenzie's my evangelism project. And, you know, I'm, you know if, if she doesn't respond after three times, I'm going to move on. You know, which we mm-hmm. kind of view as projects. So I'd say if you have a thought of moving on past someone, if they don't respond a certain way, they're no longer a person in your mind. They're a project. But I mean, it's another topic, um, uh, another angle. But um, anyway, so she just met a few people that were her friends. Um, one person was her friend. They introduced her to other people who were they were friends with. Over time, she's like starting to come to this community group that they're a part of in our church. And over time, over the course of, I think, a year, um, through hearing them talk about Christ to seeing the way they lived, mm-hmm. and in her mind— when she tells her story, um, you know, she talks about how she's like, yeah, just the way they like respected each other and loved each other. And um, I just knew that they had something that I didn't have. Mm. And so like she came to faith through this group of people, but it was like a communal effort. They each hung out with her. You know, no one was like, yeah, Mackenzie's that person's friend. It's like, no, she's just our friend. And we all want to get to know her. And uh, Mackenzie became like an intern at our church, and she's just a godly woman. And so, um, but it's cool, and it, I love that story in particular just because it's such a, it exemplifies how the evangelism, when there's a culture of evangelism in a local church, 
every single person I think sees every person that comes through their doors as like, yeah, yeah, maybe just through a word I say today, maybe just through the way that I'm acting in this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm introduced to this person, um, um, that that we see that all of us have a contribution to make in seeing people come to faith in Christ. Yeah. Maybe I don't. Maybe I'm not the one who shares the gospel with them. Maybe I am. Maybe they hear it from eight different people. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a communal effort there that honestly is so natural yeah, in this beautiful. world. That's Amen. how it works in the world yeah. if everyone's an evangelist for something. So, yeah. I love but, that. yeah, what do you think when it comes Man, to that? No, I, I love that too. We could talk about this for a long time. <clears throat> um, so many things to unpack, but one thing that comes to mind is like the whole idea of what you attract someone with is what you're calling them into. Mm-hmm. So then it's not just this transactional moment. Of course, someone takes that leap of faith and they respond to Jesus. They place their faith and their trust in him and they follow him. It's beautiful, but it's then it's not just this like card you carry with you. And yeah, maybe I'll be involved in the local church. Maybe I won't, you know, so how you actually come to Christ, I think disciples you into, into something, right? So if you're coming to Christ through the beauty of just normal church life, nothing special, just putting Jesus on display tasting and seeing that he's good, seeing what this looks like imperfectly in the lives of other Christians, of singles, families, different generations, different races, like how's that not glorify Jesus? And that puts him on display. That is eminently attractive and yeah. countercultural, and it just makes him the hero. So yeah, man, yeah. you're getting me pumped just talking about this. So yeah, I, I want to totally. be part of a church like that. Oh, I yeah. want our church to be a church like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Well, I think part of that culture is the expectation that um, they're, they're non-Christians in our midst. Yeah. And so uh, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, even in thinking that way, but uh, that means uh, how do I speak of people who aren't Christians? Mm-hmm. How do I speak of people who live in the world? What, what if someone's there who isn't a, isn't a Christian and I'm like just going off about all these horrible pagans or something? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, am, I, am I being a person who is um, gentle and respectful, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that First Peter stuff, yep, you know? And so um, uh, so there's like an expectation that I think we even want to have that there's going to be um, hopefully people attending our services and um, maybe even coming to a community group or an affinity group or something, you know, mm-hmm. that's, um, uh, you know, maybe they're not a believer and they're just interested in learning more about Christ, yeah. Right. Um, and we go, that's wonderful because that's the, and that's so weird. Like no one's born a Christian. Right. Mm-hmm. I think yep. Styles talks about that. Yep. Every single one of us is a convert. Mm-hmm. And so at some point, even if you were just in diapers, right, you were an outsider. And yeah. so all of us at some level go, oh yeah, I've, I've been there. Like, so what are you processing through right now? You yeah. know, um, how are you, what are you thinking about this? You know? Yeah. And, um, which, for, yeah. which always seems to be important and an opportunity. Just reflecting on our current time and place, what an opportunity yeah. to be the church this way. Yeah. How many of our friends, neighbors, coworkers have just been struggling in a multitude of ways, just like we have over this past yeah. year, year and a half, for a multitude of reasons. What a time to be the church and have people yeah. look in on what the gospel means, mm-hmm. how beautiful Jesus is. I just... Uh, Mm-hmm. I don't know if we can focus on this enough. So totally, yeah, yep. yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, we'll have more ongoing conversations about evangelism. Love to get into kind of the how we image God out of evangelism, the mm-hmm. implications of it. Of course, we can always talk, you know, methods. It's not a bad thing, but we really want to focus more on kind of the heart of it yeah. first. So, yeah. Any closing thoughts, Josh? Yeah. I mean, maybe it might be helpful, though I, I never... I always recommend books, but um, the books aren't the solution, right? They're just meant to be a tool. And so at the end of the day, we we grow in this as we do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we fail, as, as you go over to a bar at TGI Fridays and <laughs> say, God told me to talk to you, and that person says, no, we didn't, right? I mean, so, or you go sit down at some random table in Malaysia. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but um, it, it's all that baby steps. But there's a book that I, th- I really like um, by Rico Tice. He's... Um, an English guy, um, and it's called Honest Evangelism, How to Talk About Jesus Even When It's Tough. Mm -hmm. And I just, Rico's a guy who I think is actually really gifted in evangelism. Um, I've heard some of his preaching, and he's really gifted at evangelism and preaching. Um, But yeah, Honest Evangelism, I think it's a helpful book and just on a personal level. But then another book that we've referenced a few times to be good to kind of uh, say again is the book Evangelism by Max Stiles, How the Whole Church... Uh, what does that say? Speaks of Speaks Jesus. Speaks of Jesus, yeah. So, um, and I think that really helps us on like a communal level, yeah. and we need both. So yeah. I'd say those are both really short books, less than 100 pages each. Um, really good to get your hands on those. But at the end of the day, um, I don't know what you comes to your mind, but I just want to see us grow. I want to see myself grow. Yeah. And first, the desire to share, that there's even an, an expectation on my life that I am sharing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want people to expect that of me. Um, so I want to grow my, our, our desire to share. And I would love to see us grow as people who just aren't as afraid to do yeah. so. Yeah. And not because we just magically drank a potion to where we no longer care what people think about us. That's a lifelong battle. But because in our hearts we want to honor Christ. Amen. That we fight the battle with wanting to honor him, right? So, Amen. yeah. What, yeah. What, what, what any closing thoughts? Same. Life is short. Uh, live for eternity. That's what I would just say. So um, you have the greatest news in the history of the universe inside of you as a Christian. Yeah. Let's be about sharing it. It's yeah. it's our opportunity. It's not someone else's. It's each of ours as a church family. We all have skin in the game. Uh, it's for the glory of God. It's mm-hmm. um, an opportunity for us as a church to grow into. I'm excited in God's sovereignty of why we're here, when we are, all of that. Like, it's not by accident. This There's a yeah. reason for it. So, totally. Yeah. Yep. Maybe we can come with, like, some branding that's, like, maybe says, like, <laughs> no fear gear oh, or something. Yes. You know? Like, uh, <laughs> I love it. Genius. Oh, man, yeah. The great. more awkward, the and better. bracelets that say WWJD. Maybe <laughs> yes, those two, yes. the combination of those would really help. Uh, so. I love it. No, hey, thanks for the discussion today. I hope this has been helpful. And thanks for joining us on Life Together. We'd love to hear from you with any questions or comments or feedback on this. I say this at the end of every episode. I promise I mean it. So please reach out to me at mike at greshambible.org. And I hope this conversation sparks real conversations among us as a church. Hey, let's be about this. What does this look like? Let's get on our knees together. Um, So that's where we're coming from. So until next time, have a great week. Thanks. Thanks.